welcome back to the lowdown on katie perry hi guys thank you guys so much for tuning in again i'm so embarrassed let me start off with that my last episode i swear i recorded everything i didn't really check all of the audio i thought it was all there and then I go, I post it one month in. I'm like, okay, let's just listen to an old uh, one of the episodes. So I was listening to that episode. And then it literally cut off. As I was ranking, as I was talking about the ranking of the 10 best and worst songs. And I was so upset because, like, I cannot believe I left you guys hanging like that for so long. And I had no idea. So I'm really sorry from the bottom of my heart. I cannot believe completely cut off like that so i will try my best to never do something like that again um i did add like a a one minute at the end explaining that it got cut off so guys i'm really sorry i cannot believe it completely cut off um yeah so i'm sorry like we're gonna it's so embarrassing i'm gonna definitely work on it um i'm gonna quickly finish that list actually because like I don't want to leave anyone hanging and I remember like I was really into it like I was listening to my own because I like sometimes I listen to my old stuff like I pretty much like forget what I say so like I listen to them like they're new so I'm like into this ranking I'm like okay okay good good and then it just cuts off and I was like are you kidding me like there's no way in hell this just cut off on me so Anyways, I'm going to try to rectify that somehow. I'm going to try to... I think it cut off as I was starting the worst list. So this part of the podcast uh, is just going to be a quick cover of like the rest of the Glamour magazine. So if you don't know, the last episode I was ranking an article from Glamour magazine um, of Katy Perry's 10 Best and Worst Songs. Okay, starting in the worst category, she has Dressing Up listed as her 10th worst song. Okay, I will agree that Dressing Up maybe was just like a a filler on the album. It was, you know, just part of the re-release on The Complete Confection. So, you know, like I don't hate Dressing Up, but I will agree it's a little, it feels a little old um i never got a video it wasn't really a main song so i kind of agree with it but i don't think i would put it in the 10 worst it still is kind of a fun bop sometimes whenever it comes on so yeah i mean it's personal choice but yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about dressing up yet okay into me you see this is the weirdest this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen you like they they're saying that number nine intimacy is the ninth worst song I don't understand the hate on this song um even though it's more of like uh they're calling it a sluggish lethargic ballad I think it's a really pretty song with a lot of pretty like words like intimacy I hope that you know that that is a play on words for intimacy um so yeah i don't really know why they would really rank this as the ninth worst i I would say this is my top 10 ballads like it was one of my favorite ballads off of witness like it's a really pretty song they're just saying they don't like the tempo 
they're just not into it but i don't really get it so i disagree with this completely i think it's a great song um number eight they're saying uh who am i living for this is so annoying because they're saying that it doesn't really fit in with the like bubbly pop heavy teenage dream album but um it doesn't make sense because you can't have too much of one thing i love this song so much i think the vocals are amazing it's such an underrated song on teenage dream but also think about it like if the whole album is the same thing like we have like five number ones that are all very pop heavy and they're all very very similar in their own ways imagine a full album of that like you'll get sick of it like you can't have so much sweet without some sour so who am i living for is that perfect balance on this album and like the lyrics are amazing the vocals are amazing she literally performed this at the teenage dream tour like it was amazing i don't understand why they didn't like the song but i love this song so yeah i mean what do you think um number seven every day is a holiday this isn't even one of her songs like why are you putting this on here plus it's not that bad like every day is a holiday and cozy little christmas are her only holiday songs every day is a holiday was made for an h&m campaign back in 2015 it was never released as an original song or like on her streaming platforms or anything like that so it's kind of weird that they ranked it as number seven, even though it's not really one of her songs. Um, I didn't hate Every Day is a Holiday. It's a holiday song. What do you expect from it? Like, it's not going to be like anything amazing. It's all very similar to most holiday songs. So, like, it's not. is it the worst holiday song? No. Is it a very basic holiday song? Yeah. And it's also just for H&M. So, it didn't really make sense to put it on this list. Number six, they're saying that Spiritual is her sixth worth song. Now, I do know that a lot of Katie Cats don't like this song for whatever reason. I don't, I don't understand you. I absolutely love Spiritual. It's one of my favorite ballads of all time. It's also one of my favorite songs off of um, Prism. Um, so I really don't understand the vocals I love, the vibe that it gives off, like, it just transforms you, like, almost like you're in a different place where you're, when you're listening to Spiritual, and I think that's the point of the song, because it's titled Spiritual, she talks about how the love is, like, a spiritual love where it's just, like, you feel transformed almost, so, I don't know, they're saying it's a hazy mid-tempo, they're just saying it just didn't fit on on Prism. I just don't understand that. I love this song. I know some of you hate it. I know some of you might like it. But don't hate on Spiritual. Thank you. Okay, five. Choose your battles. Um, I'm trying to think of this song. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the best song on Prism. It's not horrible, but I would agree it's a little bit more of a filler. Um, it's a little bit down there. Like, it's one of the last songs in the album. It's kind of slow. It's got a good, important message, but maybe it wasn't the best choice. I would agree. Like, it might be okay to be put on the top worst. So, 
it's all like again this is all if you like the song or if you don't like the song it's really all subjective like everyone's allowed to have their own ideas and opinions about it so don't get angry but like yeah like maybe fifth worst is a good place for it um four i absolutely don't agree with this power um as you might be baffled as well most katie cats absolutely love this song and it's such a powerful lyrics and it's one of the best songs off of witness and she placed it as the fourth worst fourth worst song so i completely disagree with this i think it's an amazing song with great production with great lyrics um it's a real it's a real high on witness um it just kind of makes you feel like a bad ass and like i kind of love it so to me this is a very poorly placed uh position for this song um but anyways again it's subjective so i guess whoever wrote this article just didn't like it um this is disappointing number three is i'm still breathing i again like as you might have been able to tell i love most of these songs on this list i absolutely love i'm still breathing from the one of the boys album yes it's a little bit more of a weird style because it's so interesting and obviously the songs lyrics are a little bit depressing and you know just the production is really just different but i just love the message i love the song i think it fits really well on one of the boys i love that album with my whole heart so i don't really understand why they think this is one that her third worst song but you know teach their own but i really love this song so i would not put it here um number two uh would be mannequin from one of the boys again i like this song you're not a man you're just a mannequin iconic iconic line iconic music it is a little bit outdated it does feel like that but like i mean the whole album kind of feels like it's in 2008 but again what do you want her to do if it was released in 2008 and probably recorded in 2007 you're just gonna have the sounds of the time right so yeah it's a little bit outdated but i doesn't i don't think just because a song sounds outdated doesn't mean it takes away from its message it takes away from its vibe i love this song i don't understand why they would put it here and then lastly um they put as her worst song of all time you're so gay this i will agree with this should have been left in the drafts um this song is very problematic for most people to listen to especially those in part of the lgbtq plus and um it's just kind of like an unnecessary song i think i think katie has said that she regrets the song um because it's just so like nowadays it's so offensive for most people it's just not in good taste um so i think if she would go back i think she would have deleted this from the album um it's one of her like just like most people just try to forget the song because most of her which is funny like a lot of her fan base is part of the lgbtq so it's just kind of like like a sore it's like a sore note for most people um nobody listens to the song uh nobody wants to and like i think she's fine with that too because let's be real it needs to be left in the past um 
Yeah, so anyways, what were your thoughts of that complete list? So those were the 10 worst that they said, at least. Um, What are your thoughts? Do you agree with their ranking? Do you agree with my ranking? Um, I definitely think they could have picked better songs to be in the worst list. I do remember that the best list kind of was was kind of fine um, based on like chart performance, based on popularity with the public, based on everything, based on like the songs themselves. I thought they were fine. Obviously, like I think it's really hard to just rank a whole a whole like discography from an artist. I think you need to really consider everything. And again, like you can't just like take everything as a whole. I think you could do pop bangers as a category. You could do slow ballads as a category. You could do energetic ballads as a category. You could do like uh, collabs as a category. You could do a ton of stuff, like a different like different categories. So it's really hard. And of course, it's all subjective about how we rank it and how we, you know, see these songs. Some people love a song. Some people hate a song. And that's fine. You know, everyone's going to have a different opinion. Everyone's going to have a different reason to hate that or love that song. So that was the ranking from Glamour. Thank you guys so much for for waiting for that half. Um, I'm, again, really embarrassed. I will absolutely try to never do that again um but anyways for now let's take a quick break and we'll be right back all right thank you guys so much um i think i forgot to mention my socials at the beginning of the podcast so um you might already know but i'm at michael perry 84 on twitter and at katie perry aesthetic on instagram and tiktok let's get right into the next section of the podcast today i want to talk about one of my favorite albums and as you might have already guessed from you know the ranking i just did or from you know me it's one of the boys um so my first question for you is what comes to mind when you think about this era? What kind of feelings do you feel when you think about a young Katie with the jet black hair, just beginning her career, just beginning you know, her popularity with the general public? How old were you when this era was going on? How old were you when Katie was topping the charts with I Kissed a Girl and uh, Hot and Cold and all of these other other songs? For me, I think of this as such a beautiful era and for multiple reasons. When I think of the one of the boys era, I think of a young, innocent Catherine, you know, wild-eyed, especially when you watch like interviews when you watch the behind the scenes like it brings me joy to think about how how much potential she had back then and how well she used it you know one of the boys and all of these number ones she had during this the number one she had during this uh, era it was kind of like her introduction to the music industry and you know to the mainstream music but really, Katie had been working um, like on her career and everything for many, many years before she finally got her big break. You know, um, if you might, if you've watched the 
Part of Me documentary, she talks about her struggles that she had during this era. She talks about her car getting impounded because she couldn't pay her bills. She talked about how many, like all of the record labels that would sign her, they wouldn't give her the freedom that she wanted for her, uh, you know, for her work. They wanted her to be Alanis Morissette. They wanted her to be Avril Lavigne, but they didn't care enough to let her be herself, which was Katy Perry. They didn't believe in that. You know, so when she finally, you know, worked her butt off, finally landed something with capital, you know, she finally was able to be herself. And that's what I love about this album, because you can see it in the music. You can see this is who Catherine or who Katie really is. Like, this is one of my favorite eras. And also, just because... One of, one of the most important things I wanted to say was... I'm just a little baffled, sorry. So, think about it. You're 17. She, you know, started this album, started this movement for herself, her career, around the year 2000 or 2001, when she was 17. Just beginning, you know, this big journey in her life, moving to Los Angeles by herself, without her family... You know, it must have been so difficult to, you know, find a place to live that was affordable enough, you know, get around, get by, be an adult pretty much without high school, without finishing high school, you know, without a ton of stuff. Already, she already made it quite hard for herself. I know uh, there's been a lot of people that, you know, move to Los Angeles, dream about being a singer, but never really make it. And for her, it kind of seemed like that's what was happening for her. You know, all of these record labels, you know, they maybe believed in her at the beginning. Or, yeah, they gave her false promises, false hopes. But, you know, they just didn't work out. Um, You get your car impounded. Like, as you know, she was doing really small stuff, like um, just singing at Hotel Cafe in Hollywood. You know, just trying to, like, build a smaller you know, build a fan base, build a name for herself in this town of many people, in this town of people that were so much greater than her at the time. This is what I love about her story. I love the struggle that she went through. And I I love hearing about how she worked her butt off and she worked hard and hard and persisted against all of these bad things that happened to her. Until she finally got her big break and she became she became who she is now. And I think today that doesn't really happen anymore. You know, like you see people getting famous on TikTok, uh, like doing a dance. And, you know, that's fine to each their own. That's 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 pretty much what it's like today. But I think there really isn't any more. I mean, like, maybe, like, in the music industry, it's still like that. But just to become famous, you can become famous on TikTok. But back then, think about it. There was no social media like that. There was just MySpace. There was no way to just instantly become a hit. Some, like, you know, so it was a lot different. Katie had a lot of other challenges. And that's one of the things I love about this era. When I think about the one of the boys, I see the struggle. I see the wild-eyed girl. I see, I just love it, you know, like, it's something that I consider with each album. Okay, let me talk about a little bit about the album. So, this album, as you might know, was released in June 2008. 
after many, many years of, for Katie at least, to be dropped by people for her debut album, you know, she finally was signed to Capitol. She was given the green light for her dreams. She worked with amazing producers like uh, Max Martin, Greg Wells, Benny Blanco, the infamous Dr. Luke. Um, You know, she really had a dream team and they believed in her and look what happened. You know, her career launched. The singles from this album were I Kissed a Girl, released in April 2008, Hot and Cold, released in September 2008. Wow, that is actually quite a long time, a long interval for the singles now that I see it. I Kissed a Girl, I know, topped the charts pretty much the entire summer, and then it looked like Hot and Cold once the summer ended, once once I Kissed a Girl, you know fell off the charts hot and cold got released so that was something interesting as well as thinking of you released in january 2009 and waking up in vegas uh released in april 2009 um okay so those were the four singles uh let's see during this time from what i remember katie was just kind of like the olivia rodrigo of you know the music industry of the scene if i could if i could describe it as that um you know she started to make appearances on more main shows like you know the mtv awards all of the bigger things she even hosted one of those big award shows big everything so i remember her getting a lot of push i guess from her record label from you know the music industry they love fresh blood So really, that's kind of what she was back then. And um, I think she did a really great job. Obviously, now we can see, yeah, she did a great job. Um, She really put herself out there for her sophomore album, Teenage Dream, to just blow it out of the water. She got her name out there. But, you know, this, uh, this album and this era for me really was just her building up a name for herself and working her butt off like 2008 and 2009 for her must have been the most excitement the most work she's ever had to do in her whole career because of you know how new everything was you know she had probably never ever hosted an awards show where you have to be the center and you have to tell jokes and you have to keep it going and you have to make it great at such a young age and it's such a young career that must have been frightening and i believe there is a documentary, not really a documentary, more of like a behind the scenes of her, you know, at that concert, at that show, you know, talking about how this is her first time. This is, you know, so it's so sweet to see such like a young girl, a young Catherine, you know, building herself, building her name, building her, you know, personality and building her fame pretty much. Um, so those two years for her, like, I remember, like, I believe I got an iPod, like, I think it was 2009, and as you, I don't know if you've heard the story, but, you know, I heard Hot and Cold, I kind of fell in love with her, so on and so on, and I remember, like, searching up YouTube videos of her, and I, I, one of my most memorable ones that I always remember, like, looking up 
was her YouTube live concert in 2008 where she sang Hot and Cold. Like, I remember this era of Katie and how, like, just iconic it was. Um, so, yeah, like, when I think of one of the boys, it's not only just about the music that I think about, like, the album-wise. I think about, you know, what went on during that time period in pop. And I went, think about, you know, what she did and what, you know, all of the different things she did. Um, you know, she... this this album itself even as a new artist she got nominated for a lot of different things most uh, most importantly um she got nominated for the grammys um for best female pop vocal performance of i kissed a girl and hot and cold of course the scammies uh did not uh give her those uh she wasn't even nominated for best new artist which is a joke because she's she definitely deserved it back then but now just looking at her like size and her just iconicness a big mistake on their part but we'll move on um again she was nominated for a ton of stuff um a ton of prestigious awards um so you know she did well she did well for her first album, for a first rollout, for an introduction to the world. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to analyze, you know, different albums. I think of albums as different eras of a person's life, as a, a in the artist's life, at least. You know, each each album is so different because each era of the artist is so different. You know, I think if Katie would go back to meet, you know the Katie of the one of the boys era I wonder what she'd say to her I wonder what she would probably don't release you're so gay as a part of the album it's probably one of them but um you know like that's what I think like each era of Katie is so different each one of those eras like if they were to be represented as a person side by side they look so different in so many ways the the young uh innocent you know like 2008 katie meeting the loud and proud prism katie meeting the daisy hippo uh daisy hip hippie uh smile era katie meeting the it's meeting the like loud unabashed like teenage dream katie all of these eras of Katie are just so different and so interesting. And this is something I love about eras because Katie, especially as an artist, always just evolves and grows as an artist. And she's never the same for, I hate people that say, Oh, Katie's music has not changed. Katie doesn't know how to keep it moving, keep it new. That's such BS because every, Every single era of hers, the music-wise, is so different. Let's see. One of the boys was pop rock. Teenage Dream was pure pop, candy pop. Prism was elevated pop. Witness was experimental. And Smile, I guess, would be a little bit of everything, but also just, like, comfort pop, you know? So, and, okay, also... Every single era had different looks, different styles. 
every era had such different um music videos do not tell me that katie can't grow as an artist and that she's stuck in one way when literally these male pop artists have the same boring ass music videos where they just stand around and literally like it's like all the same crap versus the women in the music industry and especially katie that brings so much to every single music video especially during the teenage dream era how every single one of those songs that had one had such amazing different cool interesting videos for each song and like again katie's music videos always just like kill it out of the park because she tries so hard and she cares so much about her you know how she presents herself as an artist and how she presents these songs so you know whenever i hear someone say oh that like especially when they say katie hasn't grown as an artist it's like are you crazy like you just need to take two seconds to look and see how far she's come how much she does for her career and you you'll just be blown out of the park and you're you know like so that's one thing but anyways that's kind of like a little spiel about one of the boys personally it's for me a comfort album I just think about my younger days. I think of being a young child just in love with Hot and Cold. And, you know, it's such a special album to me. I love this album. You know, it's a classic for most Katie Cats. Most of us were really young during this time. Um, For those Katie Cats that were old enough to, you know, go to tours for this album, go, you know, be able to listen to it as an adult. You're a little bit older now, but you're still iconic, and we love you. So anyways, that was a little bit about One of the Boys. If you haven't heard One of the Boys in a while, take a listen. I just, some, once in a while, like every other month or whatever, I'll just like listen to a full album. I'll just be like, I haven't seen you for a while. And I'm just gonna, I just put the album on and I listen to it all the way through. And I just, like, love every single one of the albums. And I love doing that because you kind of just reconnect with the album. You listen to it in order. Obviously, I listen to these songs, but they're on playlists that I make. And they're not always in order. They're not always together. There's some songs off the album I never listen to unless I listen to the album. So, you know, it's good to go back, think about the roots, reconnect with everything. So definitely listen to one of the boys if you haven't in a while. You know, go watch old performances from this era because you'll just fall in love again. Um, And yeah, it's just an amazing era. I love that era. So anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back after I messed up the last episode's editing. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great morning, great afternoon, or great night, depending on when you're listening. I'll talk to you later. Bye.